to producers. Now we're heading down the dark path with some some serious black metal here. Where are you on that kind of thing? You want to be? You want me to be honest about this, Bruce? Yeah, dude, like, we're honest right from the beginning, right? That's the, I I, that's I don't show. even get different metal genres. Like when somebody says black metal or doom metal or speed metal or you know, I don't really, I don't know. Is it just metal? I don't know. I'm not a genre guy. So, so ex- explain to me what we're doing here. Like, what what does this what is this band? So these guys are from North Carolina, but they're sort of like a traditional black metal band, like the Norwegian kind of stuff. Um, so, lots of screams, lots of blast beats, lots of. Explain black metal to me, though, in a way that, like, you know, I, I, I don't like. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like an idiot, I you, but I, I want to know. What, we're we're going to let the expert explain it to us in about three minutes from now when he gets on the line because my, my understanding of it is just, you know, the different ways. It Really kind of like thematically, you look at power metal, that's usually like dragons and swords and keyboards and high vocalist kind of shit. Yeah. And then death metal, obviously, is that, you know, chuggy, chuggy, double bass, growling, guttural thing. Okay. And then you've got that prog stuff, which I'm never a fan of, even though I'm thinking you probably are. Prog? Yeah, I'm, I'm not a pro- fan of You put prog in front of anything, and I'm not a fan of it. It just seems like a, an exercise in instrumental masturbation to me for no other reason than to just, hey, look at me, I can shred. Yeah, like, look at me, I'm jerking off my guitar. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always said, like, you know, in the 80s, guitar was just like, the thing everyone had to have a fast guitar player and it was like shredding and then in the 90s guitar became like passe like don't play guitar no we don't want guitar solos but vocalists took that over like the r&b vocalists and stuff and i I was just like have we not had enough of this jerking off of the instrument can't you just play a song like see see you're 100 percent now you're you're thinking the same thing i am yeah yeah i don't like it I'm not a fan, not even prog rock. And, I, you know, I understand, like, bands like Kansas and all that stuff. Super talented, yes, awesomely talented. But after a while, it's, I don't know, I just want to enjoy myself. Yeah, exactly. I want to listen to a song. Does it make me bang my head or not? Right, and I don't want to have to be a calculus major to understand it. Yeah, like, I don't want to have to... If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. the, only, the only band I can say that that's kind of, like, out there, but not a not extremely technical, but tool, they're always like their time signatures are all over the place. And, but they do it in an, in an interesting way. It's not, not to like try and confuse you, you know? Right. Who's that tool? Oh, dude, we've been like, so on the same page for the last couple episodes. That's a band. I don't get what I don't get them. And I know they got a new record coming out and everybody's like, got, you know, raging hard-ons for it, but I just, it's not, I don't know, I don't get them. Maynard, to me, is, I don't know. Wow, wow, I know, wow. I'm sorry, you're probably going to stop doing the podcast now. That's it, I'm, I'm out! <laughs> 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 no, but I'll never forget, I can't remember the name of the record, but it had this really cool, like, cover on it, mm-hmm. and the name was really weird, too. No, I could never pronounce it. But at the time, there was this store in Vancouver called Future Shop, and you could go in there, and they had listening stations, so you could open up a CD and listen to the CD before you bought it. Mm -hmm. And I went in there, and I listened to the Tool record the first time, and I was just like, oh my god, this is crazy. 
And I had heard uh, the reason I did it is because the night before, I was at this bar called The Love Affair with uh, Mike Kroger, who eventually became the bass player for Nickelback. Don't hate me. They're really nice <laughs> no, guys. Nice guys. And, you know, yeah. But so we're sitting in there and that song came on and Mike was like, man, this song is so good. Oh, my God. Listen to the bass. Listen to this. Listen to that. And uh, he was playing in a band with a friend of mine at the time. They weren't even, they hadn't even started Nickelback yet. But uh, man, I was just like, I couldn't believe my ears. It was mind blowing. Yeah, I'm one of those odd people that just, I don't know, I don't get it. Yeah. But to each their own. Yeah, whatever. So Josh is, uh, just sent me a message. He's ready to roll. Should we join him and see what we got? Yeah. This All is right. Josh? Me... How do I pronounce uh, the band name? Oculum Day. Oculum Day, okay. Yeah, and it's Josh, and I'm going to get him on the line here. Let's awesome. See. I think I like uh, Messenger better than Skype, to be honest. Yeah, they both, I use them both all the time. I never used uh, Messenger until um, we did the one with Anders. Oh, yeah. All right, it says it's adding him to our chat. Let's see what we got here. Hey, Josh. Hey, man. What's going on, man? Hey, meet Chris. I'm Chris. Nice, nice to meet you, buddy. Nice to meet you, man. How, How you doing, doing, man? Oh, man, it's Friday, dude. It's Friday, and it's too freaking early. Uh, it's a little early, but I'm used to that. You're down, you're, <laughs> down, you're down in North Carolina, right? That's correct. Yes, sir. All right, so welcome. We're gonna we're gonna start right off, and I don't know how we're gonna do this, but Chris and I were just having a conversation. He's new to the metal scene and kind of... Chris, you go ahead. You can explain yourself. Yeah, yeah. So I got involved in metal in like 2011, basically, because a okay. friend, some friends of mine started a metal cruise called 70,000 Tons of Metal. So I decided yeah. I decided yeah. to go on the boat and check it out. And I became an instant metalhead. I just fell in love with it. Nice. And I've been like, you know, I always liked harder rock. I came from like Motley Crue and Rat and all right. that hair metal stuff. And then through the grunge era... I liked heavier music, but I was never really into metal until I, I went on that cruise. So I don't really understand a lot of the stuff about metal. So if I seem a little uh, uneducated, you know, it's because That's I it. am. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, man. But since then, um, I built a software company and we've helped. Uh, we built the uh, the drum set for Metallica for their live tour, all that kind of stuff. So. Wow, awesome. Yeah, pretty cool. So basically, I said all of that because Chris asked me right when we first logged on, how would you describe black metal as opposed to the the other genres? And mine is not going to be anywhere near what, what you, I'm sure you could describe because you play it every day. So uh, with that, have at it. Uh, you know, black metal, you know, it, it, it's a different, it's it definitely, uh, it reaches out to a certain group of people, you know, I'd say it's. It's dark. Uh, it's meant to be dark. It's meant to be, um, you know, evilish, <laughs> so to say. Uh, you know, it's, it. You know, originally it was meant to be just an underground, like secret, kept to themselves. You know, and obviously it didn't get to stay that way. Um, you know, it's still to this day there is some artists that still try to keep it within their group, you know, and doesn't really go out. But then, you know, when you have bands like uh, Demi Borgir or Croc Ongren who hit that next level, then obviously it didn't, doesn't get to stay underground. But, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just 
it's, it's meant to be, you know, anti, you know, against a lot of things, um, you know, mainly religion. Yeah. That's the big one. Um, but yeah, it's just it's meant to be dark. It's not meant to be pretty. There's nothing pretty about it. <laughs> That's <laughs> <It's>, awesome. <laughs> So, Josh, I'm going to jump in and then let Chris take over as he's after this. But how do you – you're a family guy. You're kind of a happy-go-lucky yeah. guy. How does that – how did you become involved in that sort of thing? And is, is, is there some weird, like, way you flip off the switch and all of a sudden you're like this angry dude or – Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because one of my favorite things is and – and I hear it a lot is, like, people know me who I am. And like you said, I mean, my family is first. You know, I'm a father right. of three kids. Um you know, and my kids are number one in my life. And, uh, you know, I, I am that friendly guy that do anything for anybody. And then I get on stage and I become a completely different person. Um, and I've had many people come to the show that's been friends with me over years. And then they're like, they see me perform and they're like, um, did not know you had that side. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's all the anger that I deal with with life struggles. You know, I put that into my art right. side of it. Do you but, find it um, like sort of cathartic? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, you know, a lot of it. We and what's inside the band. You know, we joke about how it's the face paint. <laughs> it's like <laughs> once we put on our outfit and we put on the paint, that, that light just switches, man. And um, we go into that. And I, and I was exposed, obviously, to black metal in my youth. Um, it was something that, you know, I, I grew up with a father who was big into Alice Cooper, ACDC, Black Sabbath, you know, so Led Zeppelin. So I had a rock background, but he was also a bluegrass guy. So when I started listening to my youth, when I was listening to White Zombie and Marilyn Manson, stuff like that, he was like, oh, no, what is this? And then eventually <laughs> I was able to discover black metal, you know, and at that time, Internet was not an abundance. It was through magazines and stuff. I was able to find it. And then I found out that, you know, this is the style of music that I really like. I, I, I like the, uh, okay. I don't know, I guess the, the darkness side of things, man. I always look at, uh, I guess I'm a Halloween guy on top of it. So it just <laughs> kind of was fitting for me. What, what were the okay. first bands that you kind of discovered in black metal that really kind of lit the fire? Um, You know, it started, obviously everyone, you know, that's big into black metal will tell you, like Mayhem or Burzum, which, you know, you, if you look at the history that goes around them, you know, it, I was a fan of those. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just the early, early day, uh, stages of uh, Demi Borgir and Dark Funeral were kind of the ones that really captured my attention. And I don't, I don't, I'll say this with ease because this particular band gets beat up, um, but Cradle of Filth who now are, like, really big mainstream. They're not really so much black metal today, but if you go back to their early, early albums when they first started, they were their own style of black metal. Yeah. And so I also was a big fan of them back in the day. You know, today's Cradle Filth is a lot different, so it's more to capture in the eye and getting more famous. So their music obviously evolved over years, and it's not as, not as dark and... Uh, anti-religious as it used to be <laughs> but but you're not taking anything away from them because of their success right i mean oh no i mean it's just like any band let's look at metallica you know metallica's changed over the years yeah yeah they sound nothing like kill them all today <laughs> right so i know I, I don't you know i believe in uh 
I listen to all styles of metal. You know, for instance, um, Whitechapel just came out with a new album. And the Great, guy is by singing, the way. Yes, and the guy is singing clean vocals. And, you know, I've had a, had a little bit of Whitechapel throughout the years, never really been a big fan, but then I hear this guy sing clean, and I'm like, wow, man, you should have did that years ago. But he evolved today, and it worked out. And, and you know, they definitely set the bar for their genre of music. So, yeah. No, hey, I, go, I don't oppose it. <laughs> going back to uh, Burzum and uh, the Mayhem stuff, what do you think of Lords of Chaos? You know, I, I had to watch because it was one of those coming from a guy that grew up with some of the black metal. Um, I went in it with an open mind. You know, I, a, a lot of people can be very, I don't know how to put it, like, they just want to stick to the true meaning of black metal. So they're like anti anything, you know, like bands like Davey Borgir and stuff. So I went in it with an open mind. Um, I didn't hate the film. You know, I, I thought it gave a nice, nice little touch of story you know to, will i own it maybe not but um i mean it did tell some things that basically anybody that knows that story you basically just kind of told the story again so it, but it was just i mean for a visual aspect i mean i, I liked it for a visual aspect for sure I liked it because it brought black metal, and I'm not the biggest black metal fan. I appreciate it for some of it, but um, I liked it because it brought it to the mainstream, however mainstream it was. I mean, there was still maybe only right. 10 people in the theater, but still mainstream. Exactly. Yeah, no, no, I mean, and I was thought because for, for our style of music to actually have that chance to, to be there, that was kind of like, hey, this is kind of cool. Because, you know, it will help expose people and some people in the community would probably say, hey, man, that's not cool because now we're not so underground. Now this film come out. Now that's, you know, I'm not with that, man. I'm, you know, it's whatever, dude. Because, I mean, to me, yeah, it opens up the eyes for more people to look for more bands. And one day they may discover us through that as well. So right. I'm not so against I'm, it at all. So I'm not looking to hog the mic and I'll give it to Chris in a second. But, I mean, the reason you're making music is not so nobody hears it. You're playing it in your basement, right? I mean, you're making music right. for people to hear. Exactly. So it's kind of like opposite of each other, right? Oh yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's that's totally it, man. I mean, we um, at this point where we're at in our career, you know, we get airplay over in the UK, Europe, all over Europe. Um, so yeah, that's and that's exciting, man, for people to hear our music, and they're nowhere from North Carolina. Right. That's are you awesome. getting hate mail? Are you getting hate mail from the true Norwegian fans? I, you know, and that's the funny thing, man. We were we were super nervous about that, you know, because American black metal is still still very new. Um, there's not too many of us that's been able to achieve that that bar of going nationwide. So we um, our album was sent out. And I know you had received it as well for reviews and stuff. And I'll be honest with you, like, we got a lot, a lot of love from over there. There was only one writer, and um, I won't say his name or another, but he was from Russia. He hated us. But uh, <laughs> but he also just hated American black metal in general. And he stated that in his, you know, response. You know, he, he had nothing good to say. And, hey, everyone's open to their own opinion, and we're cool with that because we take that in anyway. But we actually received a lot of good love from over there, and that, that was the point that, you know, excited us that more of a fire because we we're like, hey, if they accepted us, um, we obviously have got to go there, and that's where we want to go. Nice. 
All right, Chris, I'm t- I'm done hogging it. Go ahead. Hey, that's cool. So how, are you going to go to Europe? Are you, any plans to tour in Europe? That is the plan. Our first um, out-of-the-state tour is going to come up uh, spring of next year. We're going over to Mexico. Oh, cool. Um, that one's in the works right now, putting it all together. Uh, Europe is definitely, like, hindsight 2020. You know, it's, it's, it's going to happen, whether it's on their own funds or – possibly a record label but we're definitely got that in mind that's where we're going to go yeah yeah i imagine it's not it's not easy to like leave the states and get all no. the visa work and all the legal work that has to be taken care of plus plus exactly. booking shows and all that stuff it's got to be tough i mean yeah, even with our mexico stuff man we you know we're having to rent gear over there and everything gets gets a little pricey yeah yeah until you hit a certain point where you can store gear in each place you know you got to right where do you get the back line <laughs> that's it that's it <laughs> awesome i've heard from a lot of people that mexican fans are pretty uh crazy when it comes to the more extreme metal stuff so that should be great oh oh man it's it, we um um our basis is from mexico city as well and uh he's you know he's got a lot of support from over there as well and uh just even outside of that we get a lot of uh we get a lot of love from there and people have been asking us to come and so yeah we heard it and we're like hey we're coming we're gonna make it happen so yeah we're excited to get to go over there and perform. nice cool so i'm i'm kind of new to the east part of the united states and one thing i noticed when i move here is that metal is way more popular than it is out west why why yeah. do you think that is? You know, I don't I don't know, man. It's you know, metal itself, um it speaks to a lot of people. You know, a lot of people think, you know, that doesn't really listen to metal, they look at the crazy footage of people moshing and and looks it looks violent. You know, we get beat up as, you know, we're violent musicians, we're violent people and it's like then you like you said, you meet me and it's like, Hey man, you need help with something? I got you. Right. But, uh, you know, it's a, just a big community of helping one another. And I think for some reason down here, um, everyone just kind of connects to that level. They understand that. So it just keeps growing and growing. Uh, you know, even even for us being what we are, you know, we're essentially in what you call the Southern Bible Belt. Um, so about every three streets is a church. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there's... So Suits well with the band. They're starting to shut down. They're shutting down black metal shows and stuff. You know, that's not happened to us yet. You know, we've been asked that many times. Like, have you been shut down by a church yet? No, we haven't. You know, but we're also not trying to set uh, churches on fire. We're <laughs> so right. We're keeping. You know, we keep to ourselves. We're just performers. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's just it's just a big community of people helping one another, man. And I think it's it's just growing and growing over the years. It's amazing. It, it blew my mind. Like I'm I'm in D.C. <laughs> And I came from uh, Vancouver, Canada, and okay. which has um, there's a metal scene around there, yeah. but it's not like, you know, if if there's a metal show, there might be fifty to hundred people go, maybe, you know, right. unless it's a bigger band. But out here, I mean, it's just all over the place. I couldn't believe it, you know. Right. Yeah. So in the area that we're at, there's there's like metal shows every weekend, you know, and. Like some shows, you might only have that thirty or so people, and then I've been to some local shows supporting other friends and stuff, or even our own, and it, it's a packed house, and everyone's just having a blast, man. It's like a it's like a party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. 
One thing I really like that you said is that, you know, it's like a family and, you know, they take care of each other. And this is something when Bruce and I started this podcast, he was like, so what got you into this? And I told him, well, when I first experienced it, I was expecting insanity. But what I found was a family and and people that were, you know, like they might beat you up in the pit, but they'll make sure they buy you a few beers afterwards. And, you know, it'll it'll it's totally cool. And you're well, looking yo. at every ethnic group, every religious group, yeah. every whatever. You're all moshing, yeah. banging each other around, and then, you know, it's a hand right. of a different color picking you right up out of the pit and buying you a beer. Yeah, That's yeah. it, man. I'll, I'll tell you a quick funny story. Um, we opened up for uh, Aborted, Cryptopsy, and Hideous Affinity a few weeks ago. Um, and our merch table, we have a full-size mannequin. And she wears her T-shirt, all of her gear. <laughs> She has corpse paint on her. Like you'll see pictures flying around of this display, and people freak out because she looks real. You know, people come up, take pictures with her. Well, uh, we had done finished her set. I was sitting hanging back at the merch table, and cryptopsy went on. Mosh pit broke out. They landed into her mannequin. She went in like eighty different pieces. All like stuff on my merch table went flying. I mean, of course, I'm laughing. You know, I'm having a great time. Right, and I'm putting her back together. I get her back together because her body parts are floating around the mosh pit. <laughs> so I, I get her all back together, and I'm like, you know, cool. Let's keep it going. Two songs later, boom, she gets knocked out again. Well, these group of guys, you know, had never met these guys in my life. They see me back there, like, and they're, and they're like, oh, he needs some help. And these were some big dudes. Uh, you know, they were probably like mid twenties or something. But let me tell you, man, I'm a big dude too. Uh, I would not have picked a fight with one of them because you would have had all four of them. Because uh, they were massive dudes. They see this and they build a wall to block the merch table and save the mannequin. Nice. And, you know, I, I gave them all free merch after the show. <laughs> I was like, man, thank you. Because I was getting to the point of just about to put the mannequin up because it was fun, but it was like, man, here goes my mannequin flying again. So, Hashtag uh, save yeah, the mannequin. Like we talking about Never met these guys before, you know. Obviously, they became fans of ours too, you know, by the end because that's the first time they had ever seen us play. Right. But yeah, they uh, they totally just jumped in, helped me out, and, you know. And I was like, hey man, appreciate that. That's yeah. cool. And speaking to that brotherhood thing, I've been on the boat that Chris was just referencing, seventy thousand tons, right. and you know, I met people, and after the second day, they're like, hey, if you get out to Vakin or Wacken or however you pronounce it, right. come stay at my place. So you know, we got dinner. Or, like, holy crap, right. I never met these people in my life before, but. Right. The rift connects everybody. Right. It, it is. It's amazing. You know, even us uh, opening up for guys like those, man, some of them have even friended me from their personal accounts on social media, and they say, hey, or they'll comment on something. And it's like, you know, it, it's just all open. Everyone's cool with each other, man. We all help each other. Absolutely. That's awesome. So I was reading your Bandcamp profile earlier, yes, and, and it talks about how you guys recorded your own record. How did how did yeah. you go about doing that? Uh, it was, you know, actually everyone in this band, um, outside of the newest member, which we're about to be announcing in a couple of weeks, are fathers. You know, we're all family men, so we have our personal lives that we have to handle too. So it was come down to a money aspect. You know, how can we how can we put money into our show stuff because we we invest a lot into our show performance but we also wanted to have a good recording. You know, when it comes to black metal, one of the things that's known about black metal is this raw, just throw a microphone in a room, record it, 
I, you know, there's people that love that, and there's people that want the clarity. You know, we were kind of a mix, you know, because we're like, you know, we want to stay true to the roots, but at the same time, in today's world, we wanted to have clarity. Yeah. Because we knew, we knew when we were going to come out that we were going to have this, you push to have this on radios nationwide. So we're like, let's go with the clarity form. Um, and it came down to, hey, we're going to have to spend some money on the gear and the program. Uh, you know, we did have help. Uh, in the end, we recorded everything ourselves one by one. We all wrote in the room. We recorded in the room. And when we were done, we sent to uh, Big Spoon Productions, which is in Charlotte. And we basically just had them put a master cleanup on it. And, oh, cool. Uh, get it to the clarity that it is. So, like, what software did you guys use? Did you go with Pro Tools or Logic or Reaper? Or what did you go with? Uh, I'm going to get beat for this one because <laughs> I wasn't in control of the program. Ah. Uh, if, if I remember, I want to think it may have been Logic. Um, but, yeah, I just was there for that part. I mean, <laughs> they don't allow me to control the computer on that part. It was like, it was like you handle the social media stuff, we'll handle this part. So cool. I will get beat up for that one. No, that's fine. That's fine. I'm I'm an engineer, so I always ask the geek questions. You know, right, a, right, right. I I sit in front of Pro Tools all day, every day. So I'm always right. like, yeah, and I've been familiar with Pro Tools, but like I said, yeah, I'm not allowed to touch that part. Yeah. There you, go. <laughs> you said you said something that I absolutely love, and Chris and I have asked many people when we do these conversations. You guys actually got in the room and wrote and banged things off each other, as opposed to just emailing riffs. Yeah, exactly. We um. In the initial startup, we've been through uh, a few different member changes. So the the album you're hearing was myself, Tenebris, and Camulus. And I wrote guitar, Camulus wrote guitar, and Tenebris wrote guitar. Then uh, bass lines was mainly Tenebris there. Um, and then drum program, we just, we kind of all, hey, I hear this, I hear this, boom, boom, boom. Um yeah, there was no distance in it. We it, that's one of the reasons too. I think it took us a little while because we we kept beating ourselves up. Mm, I don't like that. Scratch that. Let's go back and let's do it for right. another week. In but the yeah, end, we, though. Sorry, go ahead. The, yeah, I mean, in, in the end, we came out with things that uh, I don't think we knew was going to come out, and uh, the idea because I mean, some of these songs, it's it's there's guitar parts that we all three wrote and made into a song. You know, um, and then we did have some uh, guest uh, keyboard work on one of the tracks and a lady vocalist as well. You know, and them, they got sent the tracks to listen to and then you right. know, sent what they did. And then the lady actually came into the band room and she recorded her vocals with us. In the end, I think that makes it so much more organic. And I think you can hear the difference right. rather. And I know some people are, you know, in Tasmania and in L.A. and they have to do right, it that right, way. Right. But I think the old school way of, hey, let's bang this shit off each other works so much better. Exactly. You know, and even though this album is still new, we, we get a lot more ideas. Um, and now we are, there's more members in the band. So now we're starting to work on new material because we're getting prepped after our, our shows this year. We're going to go back and start the next album. So we've already been bouncing ideas. And again, once again, we're all together shooting these ideas back and forth and you know and one of the new members he even uh he comes up with ideas and he is shooting it to us like hey check this out but then again when we we start writing writing we will be together on that that's awesome 
Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I, I like it. I like it that way too. It's a little bit more because that way you can sit there and argue with each other. Like, hey man, I don't like that. Get that <laughs> right. out of here. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a jackass. Remove that. Right. And I'll tell you all to get man. We're all assholes in this band to each other. Yep. That's a bad <laughs> life. life. <laughs> we are we are very brutally honest with you. We don't hold anything back, man. And no one gets their feelings hurt either, which is what makes it great, you know. So right. it, you know. You know, even my wife, like, she could hear the things we say to her. She's like, that was not nice. <laughs> like, but nobody was crying were. on the way out the door. Right, everybody's no, fine. No, and if you get mad, yeah, you brush it off an hour later and we talk about something fun. No right. no one ever takes it offensive. No. Here's a, here's a beer and get over it. Yeah. Pretty much. Right. <laughs> Anything else, Chris? Yeah, here's a question. So you guys are both dads. I'm not a dad. I have a dog, but I'm not a dad. <laughs> <laughs> And you're both metalheads, so uh, how do you approach metal to younger children as you raise them up? Like what, what? Like I'm sure that it's come across from other people's viewpoints. And to me, I would right. just if I had a kid, I'd be just like, it's metal. This is metal. But right. like from um, from an outside perspective, from people that don't know you, maybe you're driving down the street with your windows down and you're blasting black metal, and your you know your four year old kids in the seat, and it's right. like you know. That's me. And the church, you know, like <laughs> yeah. how yeah. how how do you approach that? Um, I mean, for me, I, you know, I have three kids, all three different ages. Um, I have a six-year-old son, a ten-year-old son, and then a soon-to-be fourteen-year-old daughter. Um, you know, I like music in a whole, so I don't oppose against music at all, or any type, because. I essentially just love music. I listen to a lot of things outside of metal. Sure. Um, so, you know, my daughter, she pretty much likes hip-hop and stuff, and that's fine. If that's what she likes, I'm cool with it. But I have got her listening to Queen, so I'm proud of that. Um, <laughs> it's a proud but, dad moment. <laughs> right. Um, now, you know, you go to my uh, 10-year-old son, who is not that big in music. He's okay with it. Now, he's... He actually comes to my shows. He loves to watch me perform. You know, uh, one of his favorite bands is El Yavete, if you ever listen to them. Oh, they yeah. Have oh, yeah. A lot of pipes and stuff. Now, he loves them. Um, but, you know, he's just kind of like, eh, I'd rather have video games. Then you go to my six-year-old son, who will probably out headbang about every person in a room. You know, he <laughs> loves hearing me sing. Uh, and he loves it. He'd be like, Daddy, put something on, you know. And we're in a car, and he's back there just headbanging in town, you know. So it's one of those. And I do try to watch um, vulgar language around them. So I try to play bands, especially around the six-year-old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Things that he's not going to go repeat. Yeah. Cause I'm he, he tries with to you. Right, because he tries to mimic the way I sing. You know, and I'm like, well, we can't listen to that track, my daddy. Right. Right. But, you know, it's, it's one of them. I, I like for my kids to be, you know, versatile with their music. So, you know, and, and even him, too. Like, uh, we just watched this Spider-Man into Spider-Verse movie. He loved the, the tracks by them. And sorry, I lost my Bluetooth connection. But he uh, he made me listen that soundtrack the other day on the way to school and he was back there rapping too so it's right just do try to keep them all you know let them do what let them listen what they want but i do try to watch how much profanity is in their music 
Cool. Yeah, and I, to answer your question, Chris, that's what I do too. I've I've always kind of filtered it. I know what's coming up, so it's you know skip skip on a Whitechapel record if I <laughs> if I know the f bombs are coming. And then right. you know eventually now he's fifteen or now he's sixteen. And he hears worse in school than he does on the record, so we're okay. But oh yeah, yeah. At, at the six to you know twelve range, I definitely was doing exactly what you're doing, just kind of filtering it out. Well, I know when right. we went to the Slayer show, you brought him, and I was just like, oh my dad. Like when I was a kid, if my dad was into Slayer, there's no way. You know, I right. would have been able to go. I but used Colin, to beg my father to take me to concerts, and he'd be like, oh, I don't know, you know. Back in the day when OzFest was running, I would beg, and I'm like, but Dad, you're the one that showed me Ozzy. Let's go. <laughs> you know? He would never take me. So that's And that's one thing I do is I do take my kids to concerts. You know, I let them have that experience, something I didn't have. And I let them see, you know, and just like my daughter, like she don't, she don't really listen to metal. So I've been to a lot of concerts that totally outside of my realm, and I'm like, I totally look like the dad here because I do not fit in the label around here, you know. But hey, that's what she loves, and I'm gonna take her, let her, let her, let her listen to what she loves. Beautiful. There you go. Anything else, Chris? No, I'm good. I really appreciate your your candor with us. It's amazing. What... I, I appreciate it. I've had fun doing this. Thank you. Thank you for having oh, me. Good. I figured we'd get you sooner or later. I know we kept trying to plan it, so we finally got it done. Right, right, right. No problem at all, man. Uh, you know, you guys are busy too. I understand that completely. So thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. Can I get a bumper from you before you go? Yeah. Uh, you're, Josh, you're Josh from Band Name, and you're listening yeah. to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. <laughs> all right. Uh, this is uh, Zelbu, uh, also known as Mortal Name, Josh Kern, from <laughs> Oculum Day. Uh, Black Metal Helen from North Carolina, and you're listening to Brutally Delicious Podcast. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your time. Oh, thank you. One second, one second. I have one more thing. Good. If, if we were to tell people to listen to one of your songs, uh, where do we go get it? And what song should we play or even have people check out? Right on. Uh, we just launched our website, net. But we are found on all platforms, uh, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Bandcamp, uh, YouTube. Uh, we have uh, three music videos on YouTube. We're about to release the fourth. Um, if I was to tell you my favorite song, it would be the title of the album, which is Dreams of Desire and Torment. Okay. Uh, that happy, would probably... happy listening. Yeah, <laughs> that that one is a. It shows a little bit of how we can down tempo and we can increase the tempo. It gives you a little bit of mix instead of just a full blast beat the whole time. Cool. So, Thanks, man. All thank right. You. That's it, Chris. That's it. All right, man. Josh, I appreciate it. Cheers. Hey guys, I appreciate. I'll it. let you know what it's up, but we're always in touch anyway. So thanks again. <laughs> thank right, you. We'll see you later. Bye. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.
You there? I'm here. Dude, I don't know what's going on, but there's like, I mow my lawn every Friday. Yeah. And there's a fucking lawn crew mowing it right now. <laughs> but like, I'm not sure who paid to have a lawn crew doing it, but there's like four. Can you hear that over the mic? Not really, no. Okay, I got scared because in the middle of the interview, I looked out the window and there's like four guys mowing my lawn and cutting my bushes. <laughs> not me. I was getting on my list of things to do today. Yeah, I think I'm going to be able to do mine today, too. It's supposed to be raining all day, but it looks yeah, like Yeah, I was going to try and do it after this uh, thing. How do you think that went? Great, man. What a nice guy. Super guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Super yeah, nice. Yeah, that was good stuff. I like the and fact then, and, he, he explained black metal to me. Now I get it. That's what I was going to say, and you got your definition of black metal, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what kind of guitar is that? Uh, it's an old Area Pro. Oh, cool. Yeah, my son plays it every once in a while. Zach, you never met Zach, but when he was uh, younger, well, he still plays, but now he just plays acoustic. Yeah. He's got a uh, Taylor. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah, whatever. So I think, go ahead. No, go ahead. I think uh, he sold all his, he used to have an SG. He used to be into the uh, the more metal stuff. Now he just plays like the singer-songwriter thing. Yeah, cool. Um, in this edit, remove the part where I talk about the Metallica stuff. We can't, I'm not allowed to. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm not allowed to say that. I don't know. I was just like talking and then I was like, what the fuck did I just say? Yeah, no worries. We can get that out. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But otherwise I think it went well, right? I think it went really well, man. It was, uh, I, I, this is such a cool experience. Because I'm glad you're digging it. I'm meeting all these people that I would have never met before. Right. And having conversations about music. And then when you listen to these guys, which oh is my the, God. I think it's the, it's the best thing in the world, the contradiction. I love it because you put on that song, Dreams of Desire and Torment, and then you talk to him or you look at him and he's like the nicest guy in the world, but boy, he's like ready to tear your head off in the, in the tune there. It's kind of different. Oh yeah, I went to their band camp and I hit play on the first song and it's all about how religion <laughs> is tearing down the world and blah, 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 which I mean, I, I'm not a religious guy per se, but you know, it's just like, okay, whatever. But right. then you talk to him, and he's just like, man, I want to give you a hug over the internet, you know? <laughs> it's, like... <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. So. But that's, uh, I think that went pretty well, and uh, I'm really excited about how how many viewers or listeners or whatever the SoundCloud has. It's yeah, taken it's awesome. more than I thought it was going to be. It's pretty wild. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's great. So, Well, cool, man. Let's just do a quick little intro, and we'll kill this one, and you can go do your lawn. And I'm going to go watch these guys mow mine. All right. <laughs> hey, you're listening to the Brutally Delicious... Oh, wait, you were laughing. Hey, you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. I'm Bruce. I'm Chris. And today we've got Josh Kroom from Oculum Day. Right. <laughs> that works out perfect. All right, dude. What do you got for the weekend? Uh, I don't know. My, I'm so... I got like... Right now I'm working on using the Facebook pixel, integrating into the website to for advertising purposes. I'm working on a, on a pretty groundbreaking product right now, but in order to do it, I need the money to do it. So I need yeah, to generate, rev, I need to generate revenue to, to pull it off. Um, but I've partnered up with a company out of LA, uh, Mike microphone company. And, uh, yeah, so I'm working. Night oh, cool. and day to try and make this work out. Yeah. Nice. 
Yeah, I was thinking you said, you know, how can we make money off this? And what we really need to do is just get a huge following and then advertisers and then sponsors. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, 600 people overnight is pretty good on the can't can't beat that. That's great. No. Like I don't even know where those people come from, so that's great. I don't even know either. I mean, <laughs> I'll take it though. <laughs> right. Two schmucks just talking about metal, but yep. whatever it is. I'll take it. I'll take it for sure. All right, man. You have a good weekend. Yeah, you too. Have fun watching the Are you cool if we set one up for next week sometime? What's that? You cool if I set something up for next week? Please do. All right. I'll All send right. you an email. Cheers. All right. Be well. Cheers. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind, uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick, and usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work, but we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh revisiting classic material talking about the new classics um all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that that you either love want to love or hate yeah imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that that uh has impacted your life uh and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week so triangulate your speaker's Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast.